welcome to Fresh Pressed for June 1st, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and unintentionally sort of trans tunes. We decided to just do a super tunes day for just but with only uh, queer musicians because today, June 1st, is the first day of Pride month. And um, we both picked trans musicians. That's fun. That is fun. Look, that's so fun. And also the music is great. Which is well, yes, but I mean, that's <laughs> that was the whole point behind, uh, let's not think of a theme. It's a Super Tunes Day, baby. Yeah, but this I'm works making, out I'm well. I'm turning Super Tunes Day into a thing. I hope you know this. It's this is not, a thing now. It cannot be Super Tunes Day unless there's an election happening. That's no, the it's, whole, super, it's Super Tunes Day is just about the Super Tunes. It's not about the Super Tuesday. Well, it sort of is because the podcast comes out on a Tuesday. That's also where that comes from. Right, but it's not about but it's not about the it's not about voting or any of your stealing election shit. All right, this is going off the rails. Andrew, tell <laughs> us about your tune. Uh, the tune that I have chosen is by Mal Blum off their 2019 album Pity Boy. And this is a song entitled, Well, Fuck. Well, fuck me, was it everything you needed? Did it make you feel complete or did it make you feel completed? Or did you lose just like every other time you've lost? You have a god, you have a boss. No matter what you call, it's all the same. Mal Blum is, did you, do you really not know who Mal Blum is, Gabe? I've never heard of them. That can't be true because I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that while we were doing this podcast, I saw them live, but. Uh, whatever. Um, Are you sure? I mean, that's very possible. Although the majority of this podcast has been recorded in sort of a quarantine situation. So it leaves a pretty narrow window. It's a good point, but I still feel like I, I got it in there. Anyway, um, can't remember when it was. Doesn't matter. Uh, so Mal Blum is uh, from New York. Uh, they use they, them pronouns. And they are a fucking incredible musician. They've had like five or six albums. And this is from their most recent, like I said, Pity Boy. Yeah, I'm sort of disappointed that I've never encountered this artist before, which is sort of baffling. But I will say, like, the first half of 2019, before we started this podcast that year, was not, Mm -hmm. like, a big music listening time for me, which is, uh, like, sort of why we started the podcast in the first place. So, um, and I guess that's when this album came out. So I guess I just missed the Malblum era. Yes. Uh, And I've also uh, discovered... Uh, two important things. One, that this album, Pity Boy, was recorded in Philadelphia. And two, that I saw Mal Blum in, uh, open for Lucy Dacus in March of 2019. It was before we had begun the podcast, but it was the same year. It was, it was. Yeah, but we weren't on speaking terms March 2019, remember? Right, yes. We met when we started the podcast, of course. Famous. So. Sort of the birth of our relationship was yeah, the it was 5th a, of November. You know, there was one big producer, and he sort of orchestrated it. It was like, you know, a, a boy band, except there's two of us, and we make a podcast. Definitely. That's exactly what it's like. Now, Mal Blum is their name in addition to the artist title? Yes, their name is Mal Blum. They have previously uh, played as Mal Blum and the Blums, but um, they normally <laughs> just, just do Mal Blum now. Anyway, the first thing I want to talk about is their lyric writing and sort of singing style their approach to the lyric side of the music uh it's really dense in terms of like amount of words and also like rhyme and assonance in there 
Like it's there's a lot of words in there and they are all playing off one another really well. Does that make any sense? Yeah, like in an ideas per second sort of way, it's dense. Yes. There's a lot of attention paid to the like poetry of the lyrics done quickly and also then done like honestly. I mean, the song is called Well Fuck. <laughs> it says fuck a lot in the song and and doesn't seem like in a particularly artful way. I, I, I mean, there's not a lot of artful ways to say the word fuck, but then it's it's interspersed with like really beautiful lines. Like I push my doubts around my plate and then I eat what I have been given to eat. Such a good pair of lines, right? No, that's very excellent. It also like adds, it lets them do some interesting stylistic things, like in the last verse of the song, where they like start the line and then hesitate. It's like that really pops because everything before that feels so like condensed and uh, intentional. So it makes it, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like the hesitation becomes more pronounced because there's no hesitation prior to it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much momentum. Right. And then there's that break where it just seems like they, like they, the band is a whole like fucked up and then they go back into it and it's, it just like goes back in with just as much momentum as it's started with. But it, um, it's cool to have that little break. I mean, it's, it's a short little song, but it's so intense because of how much, uh, energy is in it that it really makes a difference to have that just like sudden canyon in there. Um, the other thing that's great about Malblom in this song and uh, this album, I think in particular, is the uh, just guitar work. It fucking shreds. And uh, there was some, uh, I don't really want to say criticism. It's just like uh, there was definitely in their previous album for this, You Look A Lot Like Me, it was a lot more about focused on lyrics and less focused on punk guitar. <laughs> and then I think Pity Boy has them both as equal players and they both work like are really powerful and work really well. Like there's just some great, like strong guitar stuff in here. There's an interlude just before that false start or not false starts, false ending uh, that we mentioned that I, I hesitate to say this, but it kind of um, reminds me of uh the boys are back in town. Wow. Wow. Not at all what I expected you to say. You could have said, like, that would have been real far down the list. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's just the specific distortion that's on there. Maybe it's uh, the riff of it. But for some reason, there's a little, like, guitar interlude, like, melodic interlude that's just like, are the boys back in town? <laughs> you know who produced this album, Andrew? I don't. Our favorite Philly indie producer, Joe Reinhardt, who is part of Hopalong, and I've read out the, mm. like his discography or the the albums that he's worked on, but it's all these like very these bands that I consider to have like this great uh, vocal guitar interplay, like Beach Bunny, Hopalong, Sonderbombs, Diet Sick, Modern Baseball, mm-hmm. Thin Lizzy. <laughs>
So content warning for this next song, which uh, deals with themes of uh, suicide, uh, and particularly in relationship to gender dysphoria. So um, if you want to skip ahead, whatever, like 15 minutes to the next track. You think, um, wait, you think you're going to get 15 minutes for this segment? If you want to skip ahead like six minutes to the next, I don't know. You, you're gonna have to. We don't have timestamps, so maybe we should. We'll put it. I'll, I mean, we can put a timestamp in for this specific thing. Sure. It'll. It's in, the, it's in the description. But if you're interested in hearing about this song, it is an absolute banger. This is True Trans Soul Rebel from Against Me, <laughs> off Transgender Dysphoria Blues. <laughs> Andrew, you are, of course, familiar with Laura Jane Grace and Against Me, exclamation mm-hmm. point. Yes. Because the band fucking rips. And also, Laura Jane Grace is dope and has done a bunch of solo stuff, too, recently. So um, so this is a project started by her in 1997 in the South Florida town of Naples. It is predominantly her project, although... She has treated it like a band, and um, James Bowman, who plays like lead guitar on most of the tracks and is like doing the main riff on this song, is like a very major contributing member. So it's not really a solo project, and she has solo projects separately. Like uh, last year, she released a record called "Stay Alive" under just Laura Jane Grace. She is like sort of a big deal, I guess, in, in that she's um one of these like very public trans figures and particularly out of like the punk community um, and who came out in a very public way in like 2012 and then released this record a couple years later, which deals very specifically with the themes of being trans, as you can tell from the title of the album, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of Against Me from before this album, but I had a good friend in college who was very into the band, and talking to him about it, he was like, yeah, this is, like, clearly things have been referenced in all of the music for the last 15 years before this album came out. So it wasn't like, uh, it's like an existing set of themes and... Um, sort of came to like this climactic head on this record, I guess. She is like got all the punk street cred <laughs> kind of thing, like uh, the normal arrest records for being like a kid with spiky black hair in Florida in the late 90s. And recently, she had an amazing moment that uh, made like. I guess national music news at least, or maybe it seemed like it did to me because in 2016 in Durham, North Carolina, where I was at the time, (gasps) she performed a show at Motorco, which is an amazing music venue that I absolutely love. She burned her birth certificate on stage right before the show began in protest of the North Carolina bathroom laws that had been passed earlier that year and uh, then launched into what was apparently an amazing set. I've heard from friends at the show, which I very sadly did not go to, even though I was Damn. like 
fucking a mile away. Bummer. <laughs> Against Me does great guitars in general, and Grace's voice is like very complimentary to their music style. But I, I just love the guitar hook on this song. It's so, it's really it like, good. It really grabs you. Yeah. So uh, that's Bowman, I guess, doing a great job. And then Classic the Bowman. lyrics are heavy. Um, yeah. You know, it's like a high tempo song. But in punk, like typical punk fashion, they're pretty intense. You know, well, like the whole second verse, for instance, is about themes of suicide and like living with the existence of knowing you're like gender dysphoric, but not necessarily understanding how to contextualize that, which you could imagine may have been a problem growing up in the 90s in Florida. She's talked about in the years since, like, the, at some point the options for her became, okay, I need to deal with this, is I think how she puts it, like come out publicly as trans or I'm going to kill myself. And that is laid out like very explicitly on this song. And then combined with her fears of coming out as trans and of being trans and like the, just like the intense uncertainty surrounding that. And also some of like the regret about like not being able to live this life earlier. Mm. Um, like at the end of the song, she talks about how, you know, she should have been like a mother and a wife and like assumed these specific roles as a woman, she was unable to do in like a, a public fashion until, you know, basically this album came out and was written. Right. Uh, like, fairly, like, in her, like, 30s, you know? Yeah. Um, which, can I imagine, feels like a lot of lost time. Something I like about her style and her music is that I can like really pay attention to the lyrics, which is something that I typically struggle with with music in general, and it's like something I work on with my listening. But um, in particular, with a lot of like punk or high tempo music, where like the vocals can get obscured by the guitars, I think mm-hmm. they've struck a really excellent balance between the guitars and. Uh, like these very present and audible, like a very explicitly audible lyrics. Um, and on an album like this, which is dealing with these like very concrete themes, I think that's extra important to be yeah. able to put like voice to all these words without them being obscured by like the musicianship. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, um, like you said, like this is significantly far in her career that she was able to make this album honestly and like you said your you know your friend said okay well there's clearly been now looking back there's clearly common themes but um not even from a mixing standpoint but just from a writing standpoint 
this is an album where she's intentionally being uh, completely upfront about all, all of all of those themes that she's like hinted at in the past with her other music before she was out. So it's not just that you can hear the lyrics over the guitar, but it's also you can hear the the honesty within the lyrics themselves. Andrew, I thought there were a couple of absolute standout records this week. Yeah. I did let you have what is probably my also favorite, though, so just know that. That was a very kind gesture. I appreciate that. Um, And that album, of course, is the new release from Bachelor. I have chosen the title track, which is also the last track. Sorry, say that a little louder for the people in the back. I have chosen the title track, which is also the last track, and it's called Doom and Sun. It's funny, I did know you were going to choose this song once you <laughs> said you were going to bring some of the album, although it's not the song I would have chosen. But no matter, it is a wonderful song. There's a lot of great stuff on here, but I just really love this song. And it is it is very much a last track in that it's a little bit different from the rest of the album. But I, I was after listening to the album once, I was like, yeah, unfortunately, I am going to have to bring the, this last track is the problem here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing. And, and it's one of these kind of ideal last tracks for a record. Yeah. Um, so Bachelor is a duo. Both of whom we have talked about on the show before. It is Ellen Kempner and Melina Duterte. Ellen Kempner is uh, the uh, main driving force behind Pale Hound. Who, what song did we bring? Cinnamon? When we had that cinnamon themed Correct. thing? And then Melina Duterte is Jay Sum, which I don't think we've brought a Jay Sum song. Not a solo song. No, but we have brought a song... A new tune by Routine from the album, or maybe it was an EP that came out like November or something of last year, which is Jay Sum, uh, Melina Duterte, and her partner, uh, Annie Truscott of Chastity Belt. Right. The two of them are very good friends, and they uh, became friends a few years ago as they were both sort of uh, breaking out as these indie musicians. They're not quite like the same. They, like they're they're not like the same vibe exactly in their individual uh, realms, and I think that they they meld those two styles really well on this album. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was definitely Cinnamon because I remember talking about how great that guitar lick is. Yeah. Uh, in Cinnamon, the the Pale Hound song, um, and that's Ellen Kempner, of course. She's Pale Hound, and she's also an excellent guitarist. Has some beautiful guitarists, and that really comes through here. And I think there's a lot of like the thing that pulls me into Jay Sum a lot is sort of the production aspect of things. Right. In addition to all the rest of the things. But I mean, I think the thing that really sets her music apart in that realm is the production aspect. And so that comes in on this album too. And those two like major strengths of each of them 
really play off one another really well. Yeah, I mean, both of those things are very present, right? We have this amazing, lovely guitar that runs throughout the song. Yeah. And then sort of in that end sequence where the same lines are repeating over and over again, we have some really interesting production that's got like this sort of building noise behind it, right? That I assume was orchestrated by JSOM. We gave our bodies to the birds and bees and now they're falling from the sky and trees. Um, they were originally called um, as their fake band name before they uh, decided on their real band name. They were uh, going to be called Tabasco Slide. I gotta say, that's an awesome band name and extremely yeah. not representative of their music at all. Um, <laughs> that may be true. Here's what they say about it. Um, Ellen was using a Tabasco bottle as a slide to play, uh, as she says, really bad slide guitar. <laughs> And she also says that both of their partners said that that sounds like a white rapper, <laughs> Tabasco Slide. Yeah, that's that's sort of the one direction you could go. The other is like <laughs> a really terrible Southern country band, which, you know, that's actually kind of the same vibe. It re- I mean, it fully is. Um, but they decided to just put that aside and instead name themselves after The Bachelor, the TV show. <laughs> it's a great name for a band, though, Bachelor. Yeah, it's really good. Now, Andrew, this song is uh, about the end of the world. Yeah. Just global warming. Yeah, you know, just, just you know, the apocalypse in general. Um, there's a really good line in here that I, I love and kept me coming back to this song, which is, we gave our bodies to the birds and bees, and now they're falling from the sky in threes. Really beautiful and really well, I think, delivered by Ellen Kempner, who's singing sort of the lead on this song. And I imagine also uh, playing guitar lead on this song. Yeah, I love how it, the the vocals are like doubled, but in this sort of broken way. Yeah. Jason's like voice is like kind of shattered coming through in the background, which adds to the apocalyptic vibes. Her harmonies are like fully on the right side. There's a really heavy filter on it. And then it's like, chopped up like it cuts in and out and so it like functions as this harmony because she's literally singing harmony to the melody but um the way that it's been produced and and like chopped up into pieces that it's it's also sort of an almost instrumental like counterpoint to uh the main vocals which are you know sound like tape e maybe but are otherwise unaffected um, one last thing that I want to mention is that in celebration of their new album, uh, Bachelor is hosting Doom and Sun Fest, which is a uh, live telethon on June 10th that is to uh, benefit the charity Seeding Sovereignty. And so this is sort of Bachelor's debut concert and then also has a ludicrous number of people playing in this, like, 
little live telethon. It's $7 if you want a ticket to see Bachelor and also Adrian Lenker and Andy Schaaf and Ann Jimley and Ben Gibbard and Courtney Barnett and Claude and Hand Habits and Japanese Breakfast what and Frank Cosmos and Caro Caro Bonito and Julia Jacqueline and Julian Baker and Madeline Kenny and Mannequin Pussy and Lucy Dacus and Longbeard and La 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 and Sylvan Esso and Tank and the Bangas and Tegan and Sarah and Tal and Toon Yards and Vagabond. I read about it. Uh, you know, a third of the names that are on this fucking list. It's ludicrous. Listen, if you've been listening to our podcast with any regularity, <laughs> I think you're obligated to go get tickets to the show because it's pretty much our entire collection of music. Yeah, and it's seven dollars. Anyway, Gabe, what's new with you? Um, a sad song. Yeah. This is titled The Hearse. <laughs> yeah. From Mustafa off his debut record, When Smoke Rises. So obviously this song is about death. And sort of the whole album is about death. Mm-hmm. So I'll get back to that. But first, Mustafa is Mustafa Ahmed, who is uh, a Torontonian. Torontonian? Torontonian? Is that it? I have no idea. I think Torontonian. A uh, Toronter. Poet. Definitely. Wow. He's a Torontonian. A Torontosaurus. Hip hop artist activist and poet i guess would be the labels that i would give him um he had been known as mustafa the poet but i think he's trying to leave the very poetry centric view of him behind so it's now just going as the single name mustafa as his artist title <laughs> that's what they call him artist titles so he actually got an pretty significant amount of attention at the age of 11 in 2007 i guess it would be um for his performance and there's a youtube video of a spoken word piece called a single rose which is about him growing up in um the regent park neighborhood of toronto um which has been marred by violence and gang activity and growing up there, specifically also as uh, like the child of Sudanese immigrants. Um, so he got some attention for that. And then I guess in 2015, some of his work was like re-instead. I don't know how Instagram works, so I'm just going to go with re-instead <laughs> yeah. by Drake. Just, just go all in. We don't know. So um, By Drake, who you've probably heard of, Andrew, uh, as another... Drake, quite well-known Toronto rapper. Um, like some no, of his poetry was was no. was put out there, and this sort of launched him into the scene. And he's served kind of with an activist role for Regent Park to some degree, um, as somebody who's able to speak for the community 
and and be listened to and for a time served on Justin Trudeau's youth council. Cool. But he has like a very complicated relationship with this role um, that I think in some way he's been like forced into uh, as an activist for the community and as somebody who is supposed to be seen as this purveyor of peace, which he addresses in part on this song, The Hearse. And there's this very interesting push and pull in his music between being like a person who is basically very angry about the violence in his community and the death of a friend, which the song album is about mm-hmm. and um, somebody who's like being put forward as somebody who's for peace and is all about poetry and getting people to listen. I feel all the rage for you. The album, When Smoke Rises, is about the, the, the killing of his friend and collaborator, Smoke Dog, who was inside the Toronto hip-hop scene, who was yeah, killed in a drive-by shooting in, in 2018. And then this album was subsequently written as sort of a release of some of that pain and frustration, which seems to be music I've brought not yeah, frequently you keep recently. Doing this, this is like huh? the third album in three months. Anyway, yeah, but it's really good, and it's really good lyrically and also beautiful musically. Yeah, Mustafa has described this album as inner city folk, hmm. which is remarkably apt. And I think intentionally the production is meant to deviate from like the traditional hip hop norms. And he's collaborated with some uh, interesting people on this album, and it's like specifically on this song, for instance, one of the producers is Jamie XX. James Blake has done some of the production, uh, Simon on the Moon on this album as well. This song broadly is sort of about this tension that I've talked about, his feeling between like trying to, uh, or being placed in this role of peacemaker when that's not something he necessarily wants. You know, like very explicitly the, the opening line and the hook, I guess, the hook, there's a war outside and I can't lose all my dogs. I can't choose right or wrong. Which feels to me specifically like it's not about like like the the morality of it is like sort of feels hollow when you've like basically seen your friend get killed and your initial reaction or his initial reaction is well I want I want these people to die too this song as sort of the centerpiece on the album is also like a reaction to like the initial reaction to hearing that his friend was killed I don't know. His his voice is so plaintive. There is like real beauty and mourning in his vocal style. I wasn't looking for no beef. I got a family to feed. There's room for everyone to eat. I was all about the peace. I didn't want to risk it all. Oh, I know what's at stake. But you made yourself special. I want to throw my life away for you. Andrew, what other music did you enjoy from this past week um it didn't feel like a huge week to me but there was still some good stuff um there was a a great ep from mariba i don't know how to say her name yeah man i also don't know how to say her name yeah and the ep is azeb i don't know if that's supposed to be said aloud it's in all caps you know we're bad at saying stuff as we've established many a time on this program uh but that ep is really good so you should check it out 
She's from Philly. Also, yeah. so that's cool. I'm totally obsessed with this album from Natalia Laforcade called mm. Un Canto por Mexico. Uh, this is volume two. She is uh, especially quite well known in the Latin, like folk, indie, pop scene. Maybe less well known in the United States. But this is an incredible uh, collection of like songs that are um, drawing heavily on like Mexican folk ideas. Um, there was a cool uh, experimental album by... Hold on. I need to find the full list of <laughs> the names of the people. Because I saw this on a list somewhere and I just felt like I had to um, listen to this album just because the artist title as as you call them is uh dwyer sawyer curlin dolis calkins malone rodriguez boye Subaron, myers and ionita renteria okay um but you can probably find it on most services just with john dwyer and then with all those other people listed along with it called moon drenched very cool like um experimental kind of instrumental electronic stuff my kind of stuff that I don't usually bring to this program because it's I don't get to talk about lyrics. <laughs> uh, I love this album from Lou Barlow called Reason to Live, which is like a guitar-centric, excellent songwriting indie. He's someone, right? He's like super prolific. He probably run into his music somewhere. There's a great album, uh, self-titled album from the collective Fire in Little Africa, um, which is sort of commemorating the... Uh, the Tulsa Black Wall Street Massacre. Very good album, Gabe. I don't know if you listened to it, but it's, you know, it's it's hip-hop, so you would be more into it than I was, and I was quite into it, so you should definitely check it out. I did listen to it. It's excellent, and I liked it. Yeah, it's all, like, it's all Oklahoma artists, too, which is pretty cool. I ran into this album called The Disc With No Name by a band called Guar. It's an EP of acoustic <laughs> tracks. Of a band what? called. Have you heard of Guar? I actually haven't heard of Guar. You haven't heard of Guar? Okay, so I was like listening to some, like, oh, this is really interesting. They're just like a really big deal, huh? Oh, yeah. It's wow, Guar. <laughs> they wear ludicrous costumes. It's Guar. They've been around for like a hundred years. There's also a great album called Cavalcade by Black Mini. If you like Black Mini, I'll enjoy it. Well, that is our show for the week. You can find us on Twitter at Fresh Press Pod. We have Spotify playlists with all our picks from the show, which is attached in the show notes below. Andrew and I will be back with more tunes and more grooves on June the 8th, 2021. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Press. <laughs> <laughs>